Welcome to Demolition Now, the official podcast of the National Demolition Association. I'm your host, Executive Director Jeff Lambert. In this episode, we talk with NDA Industry Committee members, Chair Blake Svensson with ERM and Ahmed Khalil with Applied Sciences International about the committee's work on the new NDA guidance document, Guidance for Demolition of Power Plants. Now available for download, this document presents guidelines developed by the National Demolition Association to provide awareness and informational guidance to all stakeholders involved in demolition of power generation plants. Next, we talk with David Sinclair, SafeDem USA, and 2021 NDA Lifetime Achievement Award winner on his thoughts regarding the industry and his recent award. Finally, we hear from NDA Director of Government Affairs, Kevin McKinney, as he provides an update on government affairs, infrastructure, and the upcoming regulatory agenda. Stay tuned. Welcome back, listeners. I would like to welcome to the program NDA Industry Committee Chair Blake Svensson with ERM and Subcommittee Chair Ahmed Khalil with Applied Sciences International to talk about the committee's work on the new NDA guidance document, Guidance for Demolition of Power Plants. This document was developed with the input of committee members to provide awareness and informational guidance to all stakeholders involved in demolition of power generation plants. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jim. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Great to be with you. Blake, I would like to start off. um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the industry committee does and your scope of work with the committee? Sure, absolutely. And just, you know, thanks for the invite. And I just wanted to let you know, Jeff, that uh, I'm always listening to the Demolition Now podcast and the dulcet tones of Jeff Lambert that you you do a great job. It's a fantastic service for the NDA members. And uh, the intro music is always awesome. So anyway, thanks for the invite. And I'm sure that Ahmed and I would love to expand upon any questions you have today. So the industry sure. committee, um, right? So the the National Demolition Association members, uh, you know, elect a board and, and then the board identifies several different committees. One of those is the industry committee. And the mission for that group is to, you know, go out and find information and be the leading source of that information and knowledge back to the members. And so part of our endeavor here is to do that with this guidance document um, and the The committee and the subcommittee uh, are staffed with personnel that come out of the membership. So as part of the uh, industry committee, we have an international group, which includes members from the United States, Canada, and the UK. And they include uh, consultants uh, who perform demolition and modeling of structures for uh, for collapse, uh, demolition uh, construction managers, contractors, owners, and project managers both, and uh, even some implosion contractors. Um, and so that's, it's quite a broad group and we're trying to bring you know, a pretty good perspective to the requests that we get for um, the kind of knowledge that the members are, are hoping to gain. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fascinating committee to be involved with. I am the staff lead on that group and the knowledge um, and thought that's put into each of these documents really just 
Um, it's really impressive. So I want to thank you both for your time on the committee. Yeah, so, one, one, one of the nice things about uh, this committee, in addition to like all the, the, the US members that we have, we, we do have members from, from the UK, from Australia, from uh, uh, Canada. So uh, we, have, we have a lot of uh, international input as well. Yeah, and it's it's great to have that experience too, mm -hmm. as we go forward with some of these documents, especially you know this document in particular. Um, you know we have over four hundred power plants in the United States alone um, that over the next ten years we'll be looking to dismantle or retrofit, and I know internationally that number expands exponentially. So um, speaking of the document, um, Blake, you know what was the need for this document and. What are you seeing in the field that made the creation of this necessary to produce? Yeah, that's that's a good question, Jeff. And so it's, I would say that a lot more than in the field, it's the things that the industry is seeing in the news that that's pretty important. OK, and that safety is the primary driver of a lot of the things that the National Demolition Association works on pushing to its members. So that's always the first and most important thing on a demolition project. And so when we see events in the news that are involving human health or environmental risks as uh, has been in the last five years, you know, we're, we're looking to provide information to the members um, about ways to evaluate uh, those types of structures because there have been risks, including you know, premature collapse, there's been falling debris, uh, some environmental releases, including dusts. And the development and the guidance that we are putting together was, you know, intended to bring awareness to those items and then also to uh, uh, try to help the members address these issues during the demolition of power plant structures. So this, it's a fairly focused guidance on some pretty complex um, structures and and it's mostly focused on how we can help the members in discussions with stakeholders. Yeah, the, um, if I uh, one one thing that uh, also kind of uh, was was another um, driver for that is like the. The new technology that is available in terms of of the execution as well in terms of of the, the modeling and planning of of the demolition for power plants the, the advancements uh, in in recent years have kind of made uh, additional uh, uh, tools available uh, to to ensure additional safety so so we, we were trying also to kind of make this information available for uh for uh, all the the members of and and for the demolition industry at large well that's great and that bleeds into my next question which is what are the considerations what are the considerations you had in putting um, this document together you know how did you determine what you would put in that's a great question jeff we as the as the subcommittee evaluated the request for this guidance, we looked at many different things that we could provide and, and uh, we realized almost right away that we could not develop instructions or guidance that would allow anyone to remove sort of a level of care or caution 
that experienced power plant demolition contractors, uh, consultants, construction managers, that they'll take and feel when they are engaging in the power plant demolition projects. And so this is the reason that we crafted the document in the way that we did um, to take a step back and, and focus on awareness and informational guidance for all the stakeholders that are involved in the demolition of power plants with a kind of an objective to help the member companies engage with the stakeholders, such as owners, uh, other contractors, authorities, of course, the engineers and consultants are involved and in, to help them understand the roles and the risk management that's needed when preparing for the power plant demolition. So the intent here, not to provide you know, a how-to, it's, it's intended to raise awareness of common issues and places where uh, additional points such as engagement or analysis or tools might be applied to help address some of the common issues that we've seen in the news. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When when we started, we kind of were were uh, overwhelmed with like the amount of information that the different uh, committee members had, and like we we were thinking if if we put all that together, this is going to be like a, a huge document. And and we kind of spent some time deciding what is the scope and and like how much of that should we include. And and as as Blake mentioned, we we kind of decided to, decided to focus on like making the the necessary information for people to to go and look for that be aware of it uh, rather than uh, not necessarily spell the details of how about how to go about doing step by step but rather the the awareness component of of the main uh, challenges the main risks as well as the the best practice or the the guidance for uh, the 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 key team players that need to be uh, part of the group in in planning uh, the demolition of, of power plants and and uh, like we found that like the industry has has a wealth of, of experience but maybe with with as you mentioned the growth of the number of uh, power plants that are being demolished uh, the the volume of work is definitely uh, much bigger and 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 hence the the need for making sure that everyone who's was involved uh, is is aware of the existing experience uh, throughout the years of of how to go about doing this safely uh, as well as the new uh, techniques and new technology that are available to uh, improve and and make sure that uh, the demolition planning goes well and the execution is performed uh, according to, to the best practice. So Ahmed, you uh, mentioned key players. Blake, you, you mentioned owners in your, your comments. So was this document created for owners, contractors, consultants, all of the above? No, that's good. And, you know, initially we were looking at, you know, what is this going to do for the members? And as we got into developing the awareness guidance, we realized uh, pretty quickly the value that this was gonna to bring to the owners and the other stakeholders. And, and with the uptick that we're seeing at the NDA convention for you know, power plant uh, you know, owners and, and uh, other utility 
owners to come and visit and see the, the demolition contractors and talk to them about this work. Um, and many other you know, industry owners are showing up now at the NDA convention that the engagement with the stakeholders was going to be key. And so, you know, while it's initially for the member companies, it quickly becomes, you know, a tool for engagement with other groups, including the OSHA alliance that the NDA has and, and trying to reach out to regulators and, and show them, hey, these are the things that we're considering when we're taking down large power plants and, you know, where we think we can make a difference by providing the experience and awareness and, and discussion points, and maybe even some additional analysis. So, uh, you know, the member companies will hopefully then take this tool that we've created in the guidance and use it as a common platform for open discussion with other stakeholders. But it's, it certainly is initially for the members, but it has some great advantages for engagement. Yeah, yeah, and and that was also yeah a lot of a lot of the early discussion was about like whom are we addressing and and we 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 think we we got like a good mix of of providing information for for the owners in terms of what to expect because again it, it it's meant to be an education or an awareness of the owners of what what is what is what should you expect from uh, the contractors what should you expect from the consultants. And uh, we felt also it kind of exposes them to to um, to different uh, uh, aspects of of the of the process that they they may not be fully aware of. Uh, in in the discussions, we we saw uh, some some of the contractors are are providing uh, information about like uh, the uh, available. Uh, technology and the best practice for uh, the demolition of power plants, uh, uh, the new technology in terms of modeling, what to expect from the consultant in in modeling of the demolition. Uh, we we looked at uh, new tools such as laser scanning and other uh, techniques that are kind of uh, improving uh, the management and the planning and the safety of of the the power plant uh, demolition. So we're trying to kind of use uh, the, the, the combined experience of the committee members to have like a short document that can be useful for all of all of the above, the owners, the contractors, and the consultants uh, to manage expectations and at the same time, like allow them to, to see points that they, they might may miss, uh, especially if, if like, for example, owners are do not have a lot of would not have a lot of experience about a certain uh, type of demolition so it kind of provides additional information for them on that well that's great and, and um you know i know that there has been quite a bit of interest um not just from members but non-members um that have reached out that have downloaded the document now um, and I know that some people I've talked to will be taking this to owners or GCs just to say, here's everything I have to take into consideration or should be taking into consideration um, when I'm performing this work. So that's, you know, that's great to hear that um, this is a tool to start the conversation, continue the conversation with the other stakeholders. So somebody goes in now, a member goes in, downloads this document. What are the key areas you think they should focus on when reviewing the document, Blake? Yeah, the, 
you know, the planning efforts for a, a complex structure is key to any any type of success on those types of projects. And it's never more important than when looking at a structure like power plants. And you'll see in the document, there's a heavy, heavy focus on planning efforts and, and other concepts that happen before uh, the demolition starts or prior to tasks such as you know, prevention, preparation. I think there's a lot of precautions. There's suggested analyses in specific activities. Um, so planning is, is key. And then second is, I think, pervasive throughout the document that there's no substitute for experience, engagement, and communication of the risks. Yeah. And, and there, there, is, there is something in there, again, for, for different needs. So uh, depending on whether the, the plan is uh, actually choice of the demolition method itself is, is given some uh, recommendations for that, like how to go about for demolition of uh, certain uh, types and what's the, the uh, advice on choosing the demolition technique, whether it is uh, like explosive felling or uh, um, strategic uh, um, uh, cutting and, and uh, or top-down demolition or long reach. Um, we we also looked at um, different types of structures, so special considerations, for example, for demolition of chimneys or stacks, mm -hmm. um, things that are kind of uh, key for uh, power plants specifically. Um, uh, special chemicals that are should be uh, you should be aware of for the uh, environmental side when designing or planning the, the demolition for a power plant uh, so we 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 have in there like a um, a mix of uh, guidance on different aspects of it uh, whether again it's uh, mechanical or uh, explosive demolition or deconstruction uh, concerns about uh, uh, how to deal with uh, sensitive structures that are nearby which is a common occurrence in 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 power plants so provide uh, some guidance on that as well um, so uh, i think it, it's going to be uh, beneficial for for uh, uh, like anybody who's associated with uh, the, the demolition process. Thanks, Ahmed. Um, gentlemen, final thoughts, uh, Blake, on the document? Sure. Yeah, safety, safety is critical, and planning is a great way to help identify the, the potential hazards and, and uh, you know, bring in other tasks and analyses that are identified in the document where, you know, scrutiny is going to be able to help to address those. And so, look for that and, and apply it well. And then also that if there's, in, in its team of stakeholders, if there's optimism that, you know, that level of layered uh, scrutiny and engagement are not needed, be, be very concerned because, you know, looking the other way or deciding not to do the analysis or taking the extra time or engaging with all the stakeholders is, has the potential to create a, uh, an incident Right, or you're, you know, you might have sidelined the caution or we call chronic unease that helps to make these projects successful. 
definitely definitely i agree on that like the and and the planning uh, of course uh, you you do uh, your best in in the beginning but then it's it's as you mentioned it's an analysis and it's an iterative process so you start with the plan and then you evaluate the performance and and with the uh, existing technology like for whether it's uh, uh, computer modeling or uh, different aspects of the work th there is the ability to see uh, ahead of time like from uh, analysis and simulation what is the expected performance and then evaluate the performance and if need if if it if it's needed go back and and revise the plan it's it's definitely much better to to go like and, and revise the plan in the planning stage and, and take the extra time to okay let's let's look at it from another aspect based on the like the analysis or the results from uh, a simulation and and redo it again uh, rather than uh, risk having an unexpected outcome uh, I, in in the field i can i can emphasize that jeff that that we have looked at several different scenarios for you know, dropping specific portions or intended collapse uh, to try to pull, you know, pieces of power plant and uh, how they're going to happen and, and doing the analysis and modeling allows you to look at, uh, you know, different scenarios very quickly before you ever have to try to implement it. And that's, there's a lot of value there. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for taking the time to be here. And I also want to thank you both for your work on this important document. Uh, for our members and listeners, it's available for download on our website. And it is free for members. It's $25 for non-members. But um, we hope that everybody listening goes on, downloads the document, takes a look at it, and uses it uh, not only in their preparatory, but also shares it with stakeholders as they go forward in this important work that needs to be done. So thank you, Ahmed. Thank you, Blake. Very much appreciated. Take care. Very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. David P. Sinclair today. He is the 2022 Lifetime Achievement Award winner the National Demolition Association. David has made his mark on the industry over the years. And while he's held a variety of impactful, important, influential roles over the years, what has remained consistent is his professionalism, expertise, and passion. He is known for helping those in need as well, whether they are friends and family or citizens he does not know. Sinclair has been an honorable and knowledgeable member of the demolition community for decades, having served in leadership roles as president of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors UK and the European Demolition Association, and as a board member of the National Demolition Association. Welcome, David, to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jeff, and uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. You know, it was a real joy to sit in the audience of uh, convention during the award ceremony and seeing you get up there and being recognized for your achievements in the industry and, and having your son speak as well. Um, it was very um, touching and a fine tribute to a fantastic um, demolition professional. So thank you, David. Um, if you could talk a little bit about your background, how you got started in the, uh, the demolition industry for our listeners. 
Sure. Um, Jeff, I, I was born into it. You know, um, uh, I'm third generation in the family. Um, the original company uh, was uh, basically formed by my great uncle and my grandfather. My great uncle was the boss and um, they started as uh, very young young lads. Um, they left, both left school when they were 14. There's a year between the two of them and basically they, they went into the uh, firewood business. They, they got involved in the firewood business with a, an old lady who was in the neighborhood in the east, east end of Glasgow, very industrial area, uh, where kindling was required to, you know, fire up the coals and the stoves that were used in each of the uh, tenement buildings, uh, flats, the apartments for cooking and heating. And, and they went round the streets with a mule and a two-wheel cart selling bunches of kindling like firewood and the reason how they got involved in demolition was that they were running out of ways to find wood for their business so they ended up uh, starting to get involved in demolition primarily just to recover the wood to make the firewood but as time went on they realized that the demolition business was more profitable than firewood so they became very well established in, in the demolition business. And, um, you know, with the times as they went on, going into the Second World War times, when many cities, uh, major cities in the UK, uh, Great Britain was known as that time, uh, were bombed. And uh, a lot of bomb damaged buildings had to be taken down because they were dangerous. So yeah, they, they grew pretty big. Um, Uncle Sam, uh, as we all knew him in the family, was a very generous man, very thoughtful guy, and wanted to make sure that all of the members of the family, you know, behind him, uh, were uh, were educated. So we were all very fortunate, uh, having a very uh, wealthy uncle um, and that's how basically I was I was born into it. We lived in an apartment above the offices um, in the east end of Glasgow. Uh, my father was in the services and after he came out of the services, he became very much involved. Um, and as families are, there was a big family. There was nine siblings in my father's family and seven siblings in my mother's family. And, uh, you know, they started to break up and go and do their own thing. So out of the original company, there ended up being five different companies involved in demolition. And this would be in the, the 50s going into the 60s. So the competition amongst the family members was fierce. But, um, you know, the, the, the main thing here was that we respected the fact that uh, demolition wasn't for for boys to play with, you know, it was a very serious business. And um, all of the family members who became involved in, in, in demolition, you know, they did a good job and they didn't let the family name down, that's for sure. So yeah, that's that's primarily how I became involved. My, my father insisted that my brother and I should have a uh, another means of making a living other than being demolition people. So he insisted that we went out on our own and found a job at what we wanted to do. Um, I, I'm a mechanical engineer, so um, I, I was uh, fortunate to be uh, uh, educated sufficiently to be, become an engineer. 
And my brother, he was in the motor business, um, you know, uh, mechanics and uh, body work and so on. And then we both eventually joined my father in the company. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, with regret, I, I fell here to the business in my 20s because my father died. And then six months after my father died, my brother was, was unfortunately tragically killed on a demolition job. And, and I, was, I was along with him when it happened. And that is where I get the passion that I always look towards education and training. There is no substitute for education and training. We need to make sure as employers of the people who are working on job sites, um, that we are responsible contractors and we make sure that they have every opportunity to be made aware of the dangers that there uh, is involved in demolition. So, yeah, that's where it all started uh, way back, um, you know, born into it in the east end of Glasgow, very industrial area, very busy area for demolition people. And um, here we are. And William, my son, as you know, is, is in, in the business and he's fourth generation. So we're very proud of that. And we are the only family that ha has had three presidents in the National Federation of Demolition Contractors of the UK. My great uncle was a founder member and a president. I followed as a president um, some years later. And then William followed um, not so very long ago uh, as the president of NFTC. So, yeah, very proud of our history with associations and federations. And uh, we feel that it is very important for anybody who wants to be involved in demolition they should be involved with the association or federation of their nation um, because it's where most of the information will be derived from with regards to legislation changes, uh, statutory requirements, relationships with OSHA, um, and in the UK, it's a health and safety executive. So all of that is very important for a company to be kept up to date with you know, what's going on in the industry or what's happening for the industry out with the industry. Um, so association membership to me is a number one thing that you should have if you're going to be involved in demolition. You know, safety and training is always on the tip of your tongue. Um, you know, I can, I can count, um, I, I can't count the number of times um, you have pushed the importance of that. And, you know, knowing the history of your company and, and where you come from, um, you know, indeed, um, your insistence and pushing for an implosion guidance document here in the United States, I mean, you are known all over the world uh, for demolition. I mean, you just set the Guinness Book of World Record uh, for an implosion in Abu Dhabi. Um, I mean, your experience and breadth of knowledge is, is quite impressive, but to me, it always strikes me that you take the time um, to sit with anyone and talk to them about the importance of training, talk to them about the importance of education and safety. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just always struck me the generosity that you have. And it's always appreciated um, here at the National Demolition Association. I know around the world you're appreciated as well for it. And so I just, you know, a heartfelt thank you from me. You certainly make um, my time at the NDA enjoyable um, and helping to push out this message to other folks. Um, what I found striking from 
what you had just talked about is the history of demolition in the UK. And I don't think many folks know this, but um, you as being one of the founding members of the NFDC, but the NFDC, um, as you mentioned, you know, it was started basically in World War II, if I'm correct, Winston Churchill bringing together demolition contractors uh, for the Blitz on London. And um, just seeing that history there and how it carries over, and you've been involved with the NDA now for, for decades. And um, it's just great to see that common brotherhood um, fraternity across the nations. Um, and you certainly helped bridge that with Europe and the rest of the world. You've done work in Haiti, you've done work all over. Um, so it's just, it's, an, it's such an honor again to see you receive that Lifetime Achievement Award. And you talked a little bit about um, the importance of associations just now, but you know, what role specifically has NDA played in the history of your career? Well, you know, I first was introduced um, to, uh, I'm going to use the term, the Americans. Um, American delegates um, in, in the early 70s uh, came to the UK um, to just have a look at how the NFTC operated. Um, and, you know, I met uh, Bill Baker uh, and Herb Duane. Um, they, they were the kind of dynamic duo. And uh, there was also presidents of that, early presidents of the NADC at that time came along uh, to later conventions. So I, I was introduced to the American Association very early on. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, I, not, may, not perhaps um, safe them, but one of our companies, early companies, uh, was a very early member of the, the NADC international member that is and you know really it's all about exchange of of uh, information and you know associations and federations are the are the conduit the conduit to do that um, and you know you 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 join the association you pay your subscription and we've got fellows like yourself jeff who um are a ceo of the NDA and, and, you know, doing what I would say is a stalwart job in providing the information. And, and what members really have got to uh, remember is that, you know, they only get out of it, you know, uh, from the association, what, what they want to put in. So becoming active, becoming active on a, a, a committee, which they are free to do at any time, um, becoming perhaps a board member in due course and so on. That is the way forward to then, you know, let you know through meetings and talking on the phone as we do often about certain things. You learn what we are all about and you make things happen. Uh, and and that, that is what is very important. I, I think recognition uh, through the NDA for me has been absolutely amazing and, and to receive the award was just terrific. Um, so I, I am very, very comfortable. I'm very satisfied that with the time and effort that um, I, I put in in return, apart from just being a contractor and trying to make uh, a living out of it and, and, you know, in many cases, 
we make more than a living out of it. So we're very grateful for that. We're very lucky people. Um, but, you know, as I said earlier, you have to be responsible. You have to be a responsible contractor. You can't, being a boss of a company is not to sit back and reap the benefits of the hard work of others. You have to invest in your, your, your people um, and you have to make sure that they are safe. Uh, and that can only be done through, you know, the, the effort of the, the company owner and the management. Um, so, you know, the, the, the NDA for me is, is very important because through the education committee, um, we, uh, you know, Ben Hayden and, and Steve Schwartz now as chairman, Ben being the past chairman, you know, did a superb job at setting up courses and so on. And there are other members, you know, of course, that, that help. Um, there's a committee and, and there's a number of members on that committee. So we all put in what we feel we, is necessary to, to get the message through of awareness of the dangers uh, on a demolition site. So that, that's, that's my, my main drive is safety and it will continue to be uh, my main drive and um, I, I will insist that we move forward and we have been moving forward the superintendent's course I really enjoy facilitating on that we're getting closer and closer to the people on the, the actual job site so that that is where we're heading and um, I can see it happening in the, in, in the, in the next few years uh, of course we have to work out budgets and so on and so forth and um, in, in every regard I respect that it won't happen tomorrow. So I'll be patient. I'm just hoping that um, I'll be around long enough to see it all happen. But the, the, the name of the game for, for, for a, a member of the NDA is to play a part. Just don't pay your subscription and forget about, you know, that you're a member. Um, pay your subscription and become involved. That, that is where the real worth is. And that's where my... My worth uh, for, you know, um, the future is not to be selfish. I want to share my experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I am prepared to, to at my expense, if necessary, uh, be involved and, 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 and do exactly what I, I'm trying to achieve. And that is the goal, the aim, the objective is to make demolition sites safer. Well, you know, and I, I can't think of the number of times um, that I've seen a member, have you tried this? Have you considered this, um, you know, on the job site? It makes it safer, makes it more efficient. Um, swapping best practices, you know, exchanging business cards and those connections continue, you know, for years and sometimes decades um, afterwards. And it's just great to be a part of and it's great to see uh, someone such as yourself contributing to the industry in, in, you know, in training, facilitating, et cetera. I mean, those folks, when I go in um, on those training sessions, you know, they're, they're, you know, encapsulated, enthralled in terms of what you're saying and what the other facilitators are saying. I mean, I just see the notes that are, that folks are taking, you know, whether it's a best practice in terms of safety or have you tried, you know, this in your contracts or et cetera. I mean, um, with the end goal of making the job site safer, you know, much more efficient, um, 
and you know helping folks earn the good living that demolition provides so i just you know for me to you thank you for that i know you've spent countless hours um, both facilitating and volunteering your time but you know my next question is as a volunteer for nda you you've served in multiple capacities from the board uh, to committees and training courses that we just talked about and i think you kind of answered this um, already but what drives your passion to volunteer and you know, what is the one thing you're most proud of if you can single out any one thing that you volunteered for at the NDA? Yeah, there's no doubt, um, Jeff, that uh, this passion that I have, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, my, my brother was killed on a job and I, I was there at the time. So, you know, I, I, I do not wish anyone to have to have uh, gone, I mean, my brother was, was killed in 1975, so it's a long time, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's there every day. And um, I, I wouldn't wish upon anybody to, to, to have to live with that kind of trauma. But he, here's what really is encouraging. Number one, you know, the NDA right now, the board of directors, you know, what a super bunch of guys. And, and you know, everyone is interested in making good progress. Um, and not just on what I'm talking about, education, although everybody is very conscious of that, but the number of other committees that we have that all do amazing work. And the, the, the people that are involved in the NDA are, are all voluntary. You know, they, they may well not own companies um, and their companies have been good enough to allow them to, to become involved because there's a cost involved in it. But the bottom line is that what's really good is the feeling that you have that you're amongst like-minded people. And when I say like-minded people, I really do mean almost to the point where it's exact, you know, the, the, the feeling amongst us all is common. We, we all are trying to be, and I'm going to use this word because I do use it fairly often, we are all trying to be more and more professional. Um, we, we, we want to be seen and, and viewed by the world at large that we are professional people. And, you know, it's been a problem for the demolition industry. Um, you know, the demolition and scrap industry have always been related to mom and pop businesses. And mom and pop businesses are, you know, working from the house and all that sort of stuff. Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, you've got to start somewhere. And even if you do have a business that you continually want to be that way, that's fine. That's great. But, you know, the, 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 the world at large, as I say, look upon demolition a, a little bit that we are simply mom and pop and we don't really advance very far. But we have advanced and the, the world is getting to know more and more about us as being, you know, professional people being recognized for achievements and so on and so forth. Uh, not easy achievements in many cases, very difficult ones. And, you know, many of the contracts that are getting taken on now are really what I would call sophisticated demolition jobs. They are more engineering jobs um, and we require engineering to allow us to do a good job on some of these sophisticated jobs. So there are 
um, relationships being built with professional engineers, and that is, is really great. Um, the way forward is for everybody to think um, safer um, and, and how to achieve more safety is to do your planning uh, properly, your, your risk assessments properly, your means and method statements uh, have got to be very detailed and, and simple to understand because it's the men on the job site or the women in the job site, the superintendents, it's, they're the guys that you really want to be able to understand your means and method. And, you know, from then on, you know, that whole gathering of, of, uh, of information and with the backing of an engineer as and when required, and in more and more cases, it is becoming more required, then we will end up with a much safer industry. And, and that's what I've I'm, I'm been driven by, that, that, that we have to be more professional and, and we have to promote safety at every turn. So, yeah, but the, 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 the fellows um, who are all on the uh, board right now uh, and in the immediate past and before, uh, lots of good people, um, but now we have a young energetic group and um, we are going places and and with your assistance and your staff's assistance you know you, you know the tremendous um, tremendous people you have working with you uh, very helpful at any turn um, I am not computer savvy so I'm probably on the phone more than anybody else looking for assistance and how to to do something on the computer so Jeff I, I can only say that you know Right now, I feel good about being involved in NDA. I hope, um, as I say, that we, we do get our job site training um, courses, uh, advanced education and training courses, advanced to a point that before I think about hanging up my boots, so to speak, that we will be, uh, we'll be carrying out some training on, on job sites. Well, you know... I Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of really good programs being launched. I mentioned, you know, the upcoming implosion guidance document. We have just released a, a guidance document on the demolition of power plants. Um, but in terms of my interaction with you, there's there's one that sticks out to me that um, I'm proud to help facilitate. And it actually speaks to the value of membership that I don't know if, you know, is readily can be readily seen. And that is when I first came on board as um, CEO, I got a call from the Fairfax County Fire Department and they were asking me, do you have an implosion expert? Um, we're putting together some guidance on emergency staff, emergency personnel interactions and, and working on implosions. And I said, absolutely. You were the first person I thought of. So I called you up, you on your own dime, um, purchased a plane ticket, came up here to Fairfax, Virginia, and sat down with the fire department for a week. Um, but what I did not fully appreciate and realize at that point is the Fairfax County Fire Department sets the standard. And, and, um, and this came to light about a year and a half ago because I was speaking to some firemen up in New York um, outside of New York City, and they were like, we send all of our people down to Fairfax to get trained. Fairfax, yeah. Fairfax sets the standard 
for the rest of the country in terms of emergency services and, and training, et cetera. And it just struck me that that connection that, um, that we made and that you took your time to sit down for has, has affected the whole country in a way um, with those materials that you helped develop. And it just speaks to the value of what you were talking about earlier. You only get out of it what you put into it, right? Um, but that's just an example of how sort of the hidden gems of membership, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. You know, all of our all of our members are benefiting from that interaction that you had three years ago now. Um, and they, you know, it's not it's not something you'll find on our website. It's not, you know, but but it's it just speaks to the value of getting involved in the association. So I just want to personally thank you for for taking your time and doing that and spending a week up here in Northern Virginia. But um, so that actually leads to my next question, which is, you know, and I, I, I talked about this at the beginning, but you just received the Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, you know, it's a very select group. You are the first international uh, member to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at the National Demolition Association. And just I'm curious, what does it mean to you uh, to be awarded to, to that. It's, it's just absolutely tremendous, Jeff. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't know how to fully explain how I felt, um, particularly on the night of the awards. I mean, the, 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 the board of directors, uh, you know, who all went out and, and rented kilts and, and so on, just to make me feel perhaps more at home, but as a, a tribute to this little Scotsman that, that makes a lot of noise at the board meetings. Um, you know, it was just very, very emotional. In fact, they, they knocked me out of the park uh, when it came to my prepared speech. Um, I found it difficult to stay on track. And normally I don't have a problem, you know, done it a number of times. And I can normally stick to what I prepared to say, but um, on the night I was I was knocked for six, and um, I will forever be thankful to uh, you and the president and the members of the board who went to all that trouble uh, to make me feel special, and it really did make me feel special. So, you know, whilst I've received awards before, this one takes the biscuit, it's really fantastic. And um, I can't thank you all enough. It's just a very great tribute to me. And um, it's, it makes it all worthwhile. It makes it all worthwhile at the end of the day of uh, what we're trying to do as a team. Uh, you know, I'm not doing it on my own. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been at Fairfax if it hadn't been for you uh, con contacting me because you had been contacted by them. And so it goes on, it's a network, it's a network that we all are trying to do the best uh, for our industry. And I, I say that that applies to every one of the board members um, who attend the board meetings and, and the, the, uh, the various meetings throughout the year. Um, they're, all, they're all on the same page. They're all working hard to, to try and make our industry um, better and more professional. So yeah. I thank you for, for the award, um, just amazing. And, um, 
Yeah, it, do, it does put me up there in a bit of a pedestal, having probably received more accolades than anybody else. But that's not what I'm all about. I'm all about getting the job done. And at the end of the day, I'm determined that we will get the job done uh, for education and training of the guys on the job site. There I go again. I'm repeating myself again. <laughs> now, it's, um, you know, one of the purposes of, of the award, obviously, is... is um, to set an example for, for future generations, to recognize the good work that you've done, uh, to set the example, to show the rest of the industry this, this is what it means, um, you know, in terms of the profession, to, to be a professional. And uh, you certainly, by all measure, um, by all standards, you know, set that standard. So it was, again, it was a pleasure to see um, that award bestowed upon you. And uh, you just mentioned training and education again, and I hope you, you know, I, I'm certain you will keep banging that drum. But my last question for you is, you, what advice for the next generation of professionals in the industry do you have for them? Yeah, well, um, I started out saying it was very important for a company or people uh, who are involved in demolition to be involved with the association, the national association the voice of the industry. Um, I, I just cannot think of why um, a company who uh, participate in demolition uh, would not want to be a member. And I know there's a lot of companies out there and, and we, we, we try hard to um, recruit people into our fold. Um, and that was a great effort that was made just in recent times, getting our membership back up again. Um, but we need to have more. We need to have more people involved because, uh, you know, you, you think about it together, um, you know, united together, we, we create more for each and everybody. So I, I think for the younger folks or the people who are coming into our industry um, that, um, you know, taking it on because they are maybe in the landscaping business or general contracting, doing dirt moving and so on and they've got equipment and they start doing demolition then they should think about joining the association and you know for the younger folks attending the courses we've we've got a number of courses as you know and um you know to receive uh, the certificate uh, that they have attended these courses and so on i think that's important because that's them thinking becoming more professional um you know we, we have to think more about demolition engineering, as I said earlier, um, and, and that's, that's being a professional. Uh, engineering has got certain disciplines that you have to follow. Uh, and I, I have a distinct advantage, um, and a number of other members uh, in our fold are, are engineers, professional engineers. And, and I feel that by having, you know, the disciplines that apply to engineering, whatever sector it is, civil, mechanical, structural, there's similar disciplines that you must follow um, to arrive at what is the right answer for whatever. So yeah, the young folks become involved, please, with uh, training, become more involved through your company's membership, attending the various meetings and so on, uh, at every opportunity that you're given, uh, you know, networking, and contacts very important in this industry so i i am looking forward to seeing more and more young i mean our board at right now is probably on an average the youngest board that has ever existed 
Um, so that that's encouraging because that, that gives us kind of long-term assurances um, as well as anything else that whatever we decide, uh, we're going to carry it through. Um, and, you know, I would say, Jeff, at the end of the day, I am very satisfied. I, I am very satisfied at my stage in my demolition career that we are moving uh, very much better now than ever before in the right direction uh, in all aspects, not, not just uh, any one committee or whatever. In all aspects, I think we're moving in the right direction. We just need a few more members. In fact, we need maybe a couple of hundred more members. Um, so, you know, it would be wonderful if we can just get the really good work that we do. And we do excellent work. Uh, the the, the past, presidents, uh, past presidents have done an, a, a stalwart job. Um, Scott uh, Homrich, uh, I mean, I was a close associate of, of Roger, his father. And I'm delighted to see the first father and son, uh, our son following his father in the footsteps of being president. Um, so yeah, um, let's make it happen. And, and you are a big help. Uh, I've got to tell you, Jeff, and I think I've said that to you before. Uh, thank you for your efforts and, and uh, what you do for the association. Well, it is a great joy, um, certainly, you know, not only to see all the education and training that we've been putting out that, that help people be better, safer, um, more profitable, but also to work with folks like you, such as yourself, just a wealth of knowledge. Um, and, it, you know, we've talked a lot about membership here today. We've had 77 new members join the association in the last year. And I know the board has reached out and done a lot of recruiting, um, but we still have more to go. Um, I would like to see us, you know, closer to a thousand um, as opposed to, you know, over 400. And I know right. we can get there. So if, if any of our listeners out there are not members, please go to our website and visit um, demolitionassociation.com. There's a drop down menu, uh, menu, membership, join, renew, or call us at 202-367-1152 and get involved. We have tons of material. We have guidance documents. We have a safety manual. We have safety talks. We have a safety app. We have in-person training. We have training on the website, safety training videos, um, you name it. We're putting out more and more material and it's thanks to efforts from our volunteers, people like you, David, who continue to push the industry forward. So thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to see you in Colorado uh, for our next board meeting, which for our listeners out there, you can attend, you're encouraged to attend. We're going to be talking about our guidance document for power plant demolition. Um, so I hope that if anybody's in that area um, of demolition, that they would join us at this meeting to participate in the conversation. David, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Jeff, and um, and, and good luck. Um, I, I do apologize in advance that I won't make it to Colorado because I'm going to be in Europe attending the EDA conference. but. Uh, you know, I know it's going to go very well and, you know, whatever comes out of it, decision, good decisions will be made. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So now let's dive into some legislative and regulatory updates that are impacting the demolition industry. First, 
What's on everybody's mind these days and has been for several months is the ongoing status of the Democrats' budget reconciliation bill or the Build Back Better Act. This is a $1.7 trillion package that very famously fell apart in the Senate after Senator Joe Manchin had come out to say that he would not support the legislation. And just for brief recap, the Democrats needed all 50 Democratic senators to support this legislation in order to get it through the Senate. They were able to bypass the filibuster process by using budget reconciliation, but it still requires 50 votes from the Democrats so that they can have the vice president break the tie. And with Senator Manchin coming out saying that he would not support it, the package famously fell apart. Now, according to some of our sources on Capitol Hill, the Democrats are trying to discuss some options about moving forward a slimmed down package that uh, would focus on a few very specific priorities for some of the more progressive Democrats, things like prescription drug reform, legislation on climate change, uh, and taxes on very wealthy individuals and large corporations. It's very unclear at this point if they are going to be able to generate enough support in order to pass a budget reconciliation bill. There's definitely a tremendous interest for them to do so with the midterm elections coming up later this year. And uh, they're really trying to get that over the finish line, particularly over in the next couple of months. Uh, so that's really going to be uh, a challenge for the Democrats, though they will be trying to assess if they can get a path forward there. So um, we're closely monitoring that issue, and we are prepared to engage Congress on several industry priorities, particularly on tax issues. NDA uh, lobbied the House and Senate last year when the Build Back Better Act was generating a lot of support and movement, which it eventually did pass the House. Uh, we lobbied against several of the tax increases that were contained in that legislation, and ultimately they backed off some of the more onerous provisions that impacted small business. So we were happy to see that. So we're going to be continuing to monitor this budget reconciliation process and weigh in on behalf of the industry as needed. A couple other brief updates. Uh, the federal government did recently pass uh, an appropriation bill. Uh, they passed a $1.5 trillion appropriations bill that's going to fund the government through the remainder of the current fiscal year, fiscal 2022. Um, that spending package uh, contained several NDA priorities, actually, that uh, NDA has advocated for on the appropriation side. These are investments in workforce development programs, the EPA Brownsfield program, uh, infrastructure spending, disaster relief, several small business programs, and, and other priorities as well. Uh, we had sent a letter to Congress on those priorities prior to the passage of the appropriations bill. So uh, that was a victory for NDA that we were uh, happy to see. Now, the White House is already kicking off their budget season for next year. President Biden has already released his fiscal 2023 budget request. Uh, this is something that NDA looks at and examines. However, uh, this is a request to Congress. It is not binding into law. It's simply uh, dollar amounts of what the president and the administration would like to see from Congress through the congressional appropriations process. And so uh, President Biden is calling for $5.8 trillion in federal spending. And it does include a, a $2.5 trillion proposal in new taxes for wealthy individuals and corporations. Uh, but again, this is just a, uh, a budget request, so it is not binding and likely will not um, be passed in its, 
its form as proposed by the president. There are some increases in funding for the Department of Transportation in, in that request to repair and rebuild roads, bridges, public transportation systems, and, and other infrastructure uh, systems. Uh, so there are some things in there that NDA would be supportive of. And uh, the next step for us is going to be to engage Congress uh, as they are going to work through the appropriations process for the next fiscal year. So we'll be engaging uh, with Congress on that. Uh, shifting over to the regulatory side a little bit, just to talk about what's been going on there. Just as a brief recap, for those who might not have caught our last episode, the OSHA COVID-19 vaccination mandate has been formally withdrew withdrawn from OSHA. This was the emergency temporary standard enacted that applied to employers with 100 or more employees that required their workforce to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or to comply with weekly testing requirements. This was immediately subject to several legal challenges and ultimately uh, the Supreme Court allowed for a stay to remain in effect while additional litigation was moving forward. And in response to that, OSHA withdrew the COVID-19 vaccination mandate as an emergency temporary standard. It is still in effect as a proposed rule. So NDA had previously submitted comments to OSHA, providing them feedback on uh, concerns that we have with the rule and how to, to improve that if they want to continue to move forward with the proposed rule. It's unclear about whether or not OSHA is going to continue with the rulemaking uh, requiring COVID-19 vaccinations, but we are going to be continuing to monitor that, monitor that moving forward. And we'll be engaging with OSHA should we need to if they are going to continue uh, that rulemaking. On a related note, the federal contractor vaccination mandate was temporarily blocked by a federal district court at the end of December last year. It's currently on appeal in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. And uh, oral arguments were heard uh, on April 8th in that 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, so that's a separate vaccination mandate from the OSHA COVID-19 vaccination mandate. So we'll continue to be monitoring that issue as well. A couple of other issues that are going to be on the horizon for NDA is going to be, first, there's going to be uh, possibly a proposed rule coming on uh, heat injury and illness. NDA had recently joined the Construction Industry Safety Coalition to submit comments to OSHA regarding an advance notice of proposed rulemaking. And uh, we could see a proposed rule on that sometime later this year. We know that OSHA is going to be soliciting more information from stakeholders and engaged stakeholders on some of the feedback that was given through the advance notice of proposed rulemaking. Um, the comments provided to OSHA um, regarding construction will address uh, a lot of the key concerns that we would have with taking uh, a federal regulatory approach to this type of, of issue. So, for example, one of the things that was stated was encouraging OSHA to consider um, separate a separate regulatory approach uh, for the construction industry, uh, taking into account current best practices and making sure that there's not a significant impact uh, to the industry from a burden perspective. So that's something we're going to be continuing to monitor. One of the other issues is going to be a potential change to the Department of Labor's overtime rule. This, what, this is going to be a possible change in the threshold that requires mandatory overtime pay. This was uh, changed slightly under the Trump administration, it was raised up to 35,000 and, uh, and some change there. However, we could see the Biden administration move the salary threshold upwards by 
another $10,000, even upwards of $47,000. So NDA has already sent out a survey to gauge how those potential changes could impact NDA members. And uh, we're very appreciative of all the feedback we received on the survey. And that will go into shaping our comments to the agency uh, when we see a proposed rule come out of uh, the Department of Labor. Another issue that we will be uh, weighing in on and working with our Government Affairs Committee is going to be some minor changes to the injury and illness record keeping rule. Uh, so this is a proposed rule that will amend the uh, record keeping in for injuries and illnesses that are currently required for uh, particular industries or employers of certain sizes. Um, we sent out some information about that to members on the specific changes, and we will be working with uh, the Government Affairs Committee on soliciting feedback and shaping some comments to the agency uh, before the current comment deadline. And just two more things to touch on very briefly. Uh, last month, we did see the Department of Labor publish a proposed rule to update regulations on Davis-Bacon, which apply to federal and federally assisted construction projects. Um, according to DOL, the proposed regulatory changes uh, would improve and streamline some of the uh, ability of uh, to administer and enforce Davis-Bacon labor standards. Uh, and we sent out a more detailed summary to members on those potential changes. We're continuing to review those proposals and work with our committee on submitting comments, whether or not there's uh, an appropriate path forward for NDA to, to weigh in. Uh, and we'll be working on that over the next uh, several uh, weeks. So just before we close here today, uh, I'd like to take a moment to announce to our listeners that uh, as of April 29th, 2022, I will no longer serve as the Director of Government Affairs for NDA as I move on to a new professional opportunity. So I wanted to take this moment to really thank all of the listeners and all of the NDA membership for all of their engagement and support uh, over the years. I've been the Director of Government Affairs for NDA for a little over seven years and working with NDA members, working with the National Demolition Association has been a real highlight of my career. So I'm incredibly, incredibly thankful to all of the members for all of their hard work over the years, their friendship, and all of their professional engagement. It's been a real pleasure for me to work with all of you, and I hope to continue to stay in touch with many of you in new professional journeys. So with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us on our podcast today, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.